So what's the main goal of Christianity? What is it that we're all about? Is it about becoming better and better people? Is it about becoming more and more theologically correct? Is it to get us and everyone we love to heaven? If you said yes to any of those, I'm going to disagree. But before you bail or dismiss me as a heretic, let me tell you what I mean. Hey friends, I'm Mark Allen Shelsky, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about spiritual growth following the way of Jesus. This is episode 27, In You I Remain. Now before today's conversation, here are two things I'm up to that I want you to know about. In the last episode, I mentioned once again how crucial it is for us to practice the skill of listening for God's voice. This includes learning how to be present. It includes learning how to listen to what's happening in your body and your inner world. It includes paying attention to your circumstances. God is working in and through all of these things, and we're just not used to looking for it. Now, I've been doing a little online teaching to help people get a jump start on this. If you feel like you'd like to grow in this area, then I want to invite you to one of these online teaching sessions. The session's about 40 minutes long. It's called How to Grow Spiritually in the Middle of a Very Stressful and Busy Life. I'll teach you one new perspective that's necessary to hear God speak and two simple practices that you can incorporate into your life right away. They won't require a lot of extra time, just learning how to pay attention in a whole new way. And if you stay through the whole teachings, just about 40 minutes, I'll give you my very best book recommendation for learning how to hear God. It's not a book I wrote. I wish I did, but it's fantastic. And then I'll give you some other resources that you may choose to use in your own spiritual growth journey. So if your life is feeling busy or stressful and you want to connect more with God, but you need a hand, check this out. I think I might be able to help you. There's a link in the show notes where you can see the upcoming session times and sign up. Here's the other thing that's coming up that I'm really excited about. I've been writing now for almost 25 years, and I've learned that for me, my biggest obstacle to getting that writing done is focus and distraction. When I say I have writer's block, what that usually means is I don't have the space to think through my ideas. Getting in the flow is the most precious and important thing. In just a few weeks' time, I'm hosting a special kind of writer's retreat called the Writer's Advance. This isn't a learning retreat where you'll listen to the lessons from experts telling you what worked for them. This isn't about growing your skills. This is about writing. We're going to provide an inspiring environment with great food, lots of coffee and tea, and gentle motivation and encouragement to write. And then as a bonus for those who want it, there's one-on-one -on -one writing coaching and group feedback available. I've done one of these already, and the writers who attended in the past have found it deeply helpful. They've wrote thousands of words over the weekend, they've solved long-standing problems in their manuscripts, and they've gotten deeply reconnected to their creative work. Because of the way that this event is structured, it works for any genre. Fiction, nonfiction, Christian, non-Christian, blogs, script writing, anything. Anything where the main tool is writing. Now, the next Writer's Advance is coming up really soon. It's the last weekend of March, March 27 to 29. It's designed for a small group, and there's just a couple of spots left. If this sounds helpful to you, check out the link in the show notes for more information and to reserve your space. If you're interested, get your deposit in today. I'd love to help you get that creative project moving forward. On to today's topic. Today's our last day talking about the Anchor Prayer. This is a spiritual practice I've been using for a couple of years now, and it has deeply impacted me. 
If you don't know what the Anchor Prayer is or you want to hear the rest of the series, I'll put links in the show notes so that you can see the previous episodes. Today we wrap up this series, and then that means next episode we're going to move on to something else. But to start with, uh, here's the Anchor Prayer one more time. I rest in faith, trusting Father. I walk by faith, following Jesus. I hear in faith, obeying Spirit. In you, I remain. That last line of the prayer is our focus today. In you, I remain where the whole prayer is headed. And not only that, I think it is the goal of our life as followers of Jesus. As important as it is for us to live an ethical life in keeping with God's will, that's not our most important goal. Our theology shapes the way that we see the world, and that means it shapes our choices. That means it's vitally important, but becoming more and more doctrinally correct is also not our most important goal. What about getting to heaven? Evangelical Christianity puts enormous emphasis on the getting to heaven part of the story. For years, I thought the most important question anyone could ask was, do you know where you're going after you die? But for how much attention we've given that, Jesus and the authors of the New Testament spend a surprisingly little amount of time talking about it. It's almost like they believe that being with God in eternity is a side effect of something more immediate. So what's our primary goal? Well, I think Jesus told us. John 15, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Remaining. Older translations use the word abide. It's about being present to God and Jesus through the Spirit. It's about living from that connection, and that's what we are being invited into. I think remaining is our primary goal. It's our main work of faith, to remain in Christ, to remain. Look, we are in Christ. That's the theological truth about what God has done in Jesus through the Spirit. But living that out practically, experiencing it day to day, that's not easy. And it's something we have to practice. Now, the anchor prayer has actually helped me practice this very thing. It starts out with that line, I rest in faith, trusting Father. If we don't start there, we'll never learn to remain. We have to tackle really big questions like, is God good? Is God for us? Are we beloved as we are without striving or accomplishing? Until we contend with these questions, many of us will always struggle with our sense of identity. But if we can trust God's grace for us, then we can rest And that saves us from legalism and self-justification and all the striving that we so easily fall into. The second line of the prayer is, I walk in faith following Jesus. Now, following Jesus is how we walk. And our walk is our life. That means our walk is our choices and how our little choices add up to take us somewhere. So if we follow Jesus, follow his example, follow his guidance, follow his teaching, then those steps take us in a direction. Our character is being formed after the image and the guidance of Jesus. This gives us guidance for the all-important question of how are we to live? We follow Jesus. Now the third line is I hear in faith, obeying spirit. We talked about that in the last episode. This is how we lean into an ongoing connection with God. Christianity is not simply adopting the theology that God loves us and then living in certain ways based on some ancient story. No, if God is real and God is present, then we get to live in connection with God right now. That's the role of the spirit, helping us live in ongoing connection with the divine in this present moment. 
We practice listening for the Spirit's guidance. We can't do every single thing. We can't serve every single person. We can't solve every single problem. What do we do then? Well, what we do is we listen in this one present moment and then do what we sense God is leading us to do. So that's the path. Trust the Father, follow Jesus, obey the Spirit. I think in simple terms, this is what it means to be a Christian. We're people who are learning to trust God learning to follow Jesus, learning to hear and obey the Spirit. That's also what it means when we talk about remaining in Christ. I think this is how we remain. We trust, we follow, we listen. And I think that's our chief goal, to remain, to abide, to find our home in Christ. Another way to think of it is like this. Abiding or remaining is about where we let our hearts and minds come to rest. Our hearts and minds are busy and they're fragmented and they've been shaped by a vast collection of lifelong mental habits. It's true for all of us. We're used to remaining or abiding in so many other things besides Jesus. So it's like we have this beautiful, comfortable home that Jesus built for us, a place of belonging, a place where we're welcome, a place where we're loved and known and encouraged to grow. Everything that we need is there. And yet, most nights, instead of sleeping in our own bed in this beautiful home that Jesus has for us, We find ourselves sleeping in other places. Some of us curl up out in the back tool shed in a little nest of self-condemnation. You know, we're so used to self-condemnation. We're so used to feeling like we're not enough, to feeling like the world is out to get us. We've internalized all these messages of shame. And those are powerful mental habits that we have built and taken on. And all because we've spent so much time there, it's comfortable for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. If we've built a habit of resting in self-condemnation, God invites us into a new mental habit, resting in who we are in Christ, no longer condemned. Some of us have built a beautiful little tiny home in the side yard uh, where we stay. We built it ourselves. It's self-righteousness. It seems like it has everything that the home Christ built for us has, only we made it ourselves with our own hands. And so we feel so comfortable there. It's decorated with all of our accomplishments and all our good religious behavior. It's furnished with our strengths. The shelves are filled with our perspectives, our philosophy, our theology. And we like showing it off to people because it's so beautiful. It's so clever. It's so us. But it only has room for one. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Paul told us, that he wanted to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God based on faith. If we've built the mental habit of resting our heart and mind in self-righteousness, in our own accomplishments, in our own strength, God's inviting us to a new mental habit, resting in Christ's accomplishments for us. That's just two examples. We've got all these other places that we allow ourselves to come to rest. We crash on the couch of worry and fear. We curl up in a bed of anger. We indenture ourselves into other homes trying to find acceptance and belonging. If only we work hard enough, maybe someone will notice us. When we allow our heart and mind to come to rest in all those other places, we're not remaining in Christ. We may have built these habits as a way to cope with pain or trauma, 
We may be trying to make up for something that we missed in our childhood. We may be running on the consequences of bad theology. Maybe we just can't imagine a reality where we are truly beloved. And so over the course of our lives, we've built mental habits that keep us locked in these difficult places. God invites us to begin practicing a new mental habit, to practice bringing our hearts and minds to rest in a new reality. In Christ, we have peace. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ, we're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. In Christ, we have life and light. John 1.4 says, Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. In Christ, we have immediate access to the Father. Ephesians 3.12 says, In Him we have boldness and confident access through His faithfulness. In Christ, we have access to the thoughts of Jesus. The thoughts! 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. In Christ, we can do whatever is set before us. Philippians 4.13, I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the home Jesus has provided for us, the place where we can let our minds and hearts come to rest. This is what is available to us, this place of belonging, this place of being found, the opposite of being lost. This is where we can live in the ongoing awareness of God's presence. I don't mean to say that these things are just true of us theologically, even though I believe they are. And I'm not saying that these are things we can one day experience in the great by and by, although I think that's true too. I'm saying these are things we can experience now, things that we can practice, things that can be true of our lived experience right now. For me, the anchor prayer has been a practice that has pointed me toward this place, toward this place of remaining in Christ in an ongoing way every day. Praying this prayer regularly, multiple times a day, has caused me to reflect on what it means to remain in Christ in practical daily ways. And doing it over the course of two years has begun to rewire my thinking and help me build new mental habits. I rest in faith, trusting Father. See, everything starts with God, with God's heart for me. We are loved. We are known. God has lived from eternity in an ever-moving circle of self-sacrificial, other-centered love. That's the nature of God's existence. And God desires to include us in that. Our place with God is not built on accomplishments or worthiness. It's not built on knowing the right things or keeping the right list. God is inviting us to rest, to rest from what drives us, to rest from the need to prove or validate ourselves, to rest from the need to be right or strong. Everything starts here. God invites us to rest, trusting God's heart towards us. I walk by faith, following Jesus. Every day is made up of choices opportunities for conversation, for actions, or for patience. Not every choice is clear. And so the starting point for every choice is this, follow Jesus. Literally do the thing that Jesus would do, or where that's unclear, as best as I can understand, do what I'm led to do by Jesus' word or Jesus' character. More than this, following Jesus means going with Jesus, with. I'm making these decisions not by myself, but together with Jesus. I'm going into the world with Jesus. I'm accompanying Jesus, and I'm being accompanied by Jesus. The steps that I take, those choices, even the small ones, comprise my walk, and my walk takes me somewhere, and my goal is to go where Jesus goes. I hear by faith, obeying Spirit. The Spirit is with me all the time, everywhere. There's no place I can go where the Spirit's not present. That means I'm never alone, and I am never out of connection with God, no matter how I feel. So I listen. 
I practice being present, practice being aware of myself, of my circumstances, of what God is doing in and around me. And I trust that even though I do not always see it, the Spirit is at work in me and around me. And my hope is to practice and obey what I hear the Spirit saying. That's the whole of it. That's the life. And I think that's being a Christian in the way that Jesus intended. And the fruit of all that is remaining. In that upper room, Jesus said to his disciples, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I think this is what Jesus meant. Jesus trusted the Father. Jesus listened to the Spirit. Jesus walked in ways that aligned with that trust and with the Spirit's guidance. And Jesus remained with the Father. That's available, I think, to you and me. Because we're in Christ now. Rest, walk here. Trust the Father. Follow Jesus. Obey the Spirit. May you have the courage to see the mental habits that have been shaping your own spiritual life and then follow Jesus into building new mental habits that allow you to experience the reality of remaining. Thanks for listening. You'll find the show notes for today's episode, along with any links that I mentioned at www.markallenshelsky.com forward slash TAW26. Want more good stuff like this? Subscribe to my email list. I send it out about twice a month. It'll include a link to a new blog post, a new podcast. It might include links to other things that I've discovered that I think will be of benefit to your spiritual journey, like books that I'm reading or other people I found online that you might benefit from. Check it out. And of course, if you found this podcast helpful, that means someone else might too. Your support helps this podcast reach more people. So do all the things. Subscribe in your podcast app. Subscribe on YouTube if you prefer the video. Rate and review. All that stuff matters. But most importantly, if this was helpful to you, it will be helpful to someone else. So share it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Email it to a friend that you think would benefit. That's how podcasts grow. And it won't happen without you. Until next time, remember, in this one present moment, you are loved. You are known. And you are are not alone.